0: It is the Chicago vs. United audio podcast or Chicago Scene Salvation. Featuring interviews with the premier talent and tastemakers in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast every week at chicagoverseunited.com. This week, a best of show looking back at past CVU podcast interviews. Featuring Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction and Lollapalooza, Pete Wentz, Tim McElrath from Rise Against, Jimmy Chamberlain, and Patrick Stump. Here's how that sounds. Simon
1: Black here with Perry Farrell. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, yeah.
0: One of the big things happening this year is that the Perry stage has expanded and year after year, I know that that's one of the huge attractions at the festival. It's got this awesome scene. Everybody loves it. Talk about the expansion of the Perry stage and kind of like that whole audience that's developing there.
1: To me, all all roads collide with dance. You have hip-hop, R&B, pop, A little bit of rock, but rock will get it going, all colliding with the producers that produce dance. It's the sound of today. Basically, it's the sound of software and computers mixed and merged with the talents of, of human beings. So when we introduced it a few years ago, that dance area, bushes were being trampled, roses were being stomped on, and we had to move it. And we had to move it again, and we had to move it again, like the blob. It keeps coming into your town, and it just keeps getting bigger. So this year, we have, we think, the biggest disco in the United States at a 15,000 capacity. 15,000 people, that is the size of a big amphitheater or a shed. But it's not a shed, and it's not seats, it's a disco with lights and sound and visuals and muscular beats.
0: This week, a special edition of the CVU podcast featuring my local 101 interview with Pete Wentz, formerly a Fallout Boy and currently of Black Cards. Pete, how's it going?
1: I'm good, man. Go. <laughs>
0: You know, Lollapalooza is a totally different thing. Is it kind of daunting to bring this brand new group to such a large hometown audience when they probably don't know a lot of the songs?
2: Yeah, I get. A, I mean, I get nervous about hometown shows in general. But the Lollapalooza thing for me is really, really cool and special because I've never played before, and it's a, it's something that. It feels so, like, integral to the Chicago summer now. Like, having gone to it and and going to the after parties at the Hard Rock and and, and walking around there, like, watching Daft Punk there, watching Kanye there, like, it's just like a really special thing. And so to me, it's something I'm really excited about. I bet you, like, a week out, I'll probably be pretty nervous, (laughs) though. Hi, I'm a Black here
0: with Tim from Rise Against at Reckless Records on Madison uh, for Record Store Day. How's it going, man?
2: So far, so good. I just talked to a bunch of really cool kids who came out, and uh, a lot of time, a lot of them was their first time here at the record store. Um, a lot of young kids who buy their music online mostly, and so I think, I think it was. Uh, A mission accomplished type thing, you know? I think people got into a record store and and, um, realized how cool it was, and hopefully they'll come back.
0: You and I grew up at a time where you actually went to record stores, used CD stores, music shops. Like, when did that start happening for you? Were there records that changed your life because you went out to record stores, things like that?
2: (sighs) It was there was a Rose Records in like I think it was in Arlington Heights or Rolling Meadows, Um, and that's where I first bought like my cassettes and you know when CDs came out when they were still in the big cardboard you know the long rectangle boxes you know (laughs)
0: so no one steals them (laughs) right yeah
2: so ridiculous I remember saving those boxes for a while like hanging on my walls but those records right in I was getting into like some punk and heavy stuff like Helmet around the same time, touch and go kind of stuff, right around the same time. So it was like, it was right before the grunge era really like was taking over, you know? And so it was all kind of happening at the same time and we were getting turned down to like Minor Threat and, and Fugazi, you know, like around the same time. And, and, and those records were, you know, changed my life.
0: I'm a black in the studio I'm in here with Jimmy Chamberlain one of Chicago's modern rock legends
2: Jimmy how's it going man fantastic yeah and I think by tweeting and telling everybody that hey I'm just like you it takes the mystery out of music and I think it ceases to participate in the culture now another example is pick a favorite painting of yours say say you were looking at a Rembrandt well you have your own idea of what that painting means to you but what if you knew like rembrandt like off to the side was eating like a dish of pancakes and like some (laughs) butter toast or something i mean it takes on a whole new connotation
0: i'm a black backstage at metro with patrick stump how are
3: you sir i'm good man how you doing how you been i've been good man how have you been is the real question good just touring uh, yesterday was the last day of Panic of the Disco Tour, so just trying to find more tours. <laughs>
0: You've been on the road a good amount this last year, and I, I caught your set at Shuba's, and I know you were at Lollapalooza, and I get the impression that the audiences that are seeing you perform are really enjoying the sets. Has that been your experience where you're on the road this year?
3: Yeah, I think one of the things that I've been talking about this with management and label and everybody is that as far as pop radio things go, and as far as projects from former big bands and stuff like that go, this is totally different. I mean, it's, this is really, this feels 100% like a, like being a new artist and starting from scratch. And and it does feel like we have to win every audience. And it feels like we're winning. It feels like, you know, every audience every time we get in front of an audience, we are making actual progress. But it does feel like we walk out on stage. One of the things that's so funny to me is Lollapalooza is an example yeah. um, because that was a lot of people who were just scratching their heads when before we before we got there. You know, Panic Tour, there's there, there were a lot of people who wanted, who know me as the guy from Fall Out Boy. So I get out there and in fact, there were some nights—the first couple nights of the tour—they were chanting "Patrick," stuff, you know, like chanting whatever. And I get out there, and I'm in my suit, and I got my hair and whatever, and, I, and my band looks killing, whatever. And you know, Casey pulls out his saxophone, and they're like, "What?" And like the and it, and, and they would call, and the whole thing, everyone, would, yeah, you know, like like a, like a, like when you whistle at a dog, and it's like, "What is the, You know, and um and uh, and then there were a couple boos. And then by about halfway through the set, it would be like, yeah, you know, whatever. We had to claw our way, our claw our way through that, through those shows. And by the end of them, it was awesome. And that was every night. You know, every night was a little victory. Um, Lollapalooza was kind of a similar thing, where it's like, where there, I think there were a lot of people who were like, oh, oh, this is the guy from Fallout, Boy. I hate that band. Why uh, this is all right? <laughs> you know, like whatever. You know, I'm very aware of a lot of those things, and uh, and it definitely is something that you know I, that's something that I kind of. That's what I was saying earlier. uh, Management and label and all that. I kind of want to keep in mind for them that that yes, it's nice that radio is playing my song right now. It's nice that you know I got a a couple dates on Bruno Mars tour and stuff like that. I'm going to be touring. I'm going to have to tour like a like like a first-time artist you know someone was like well Patrick you know Adele's record Adele's single didn't you know took six months before it really impacted and I was like Adele took like five or six years before she really impacted you know what I'm saying like I'm I get that I was the guy from Fall like this is my this is my first step like I'm not even in you know I'm I I, I don't I don't even know I don't I neither know nor care if I will make it there I just want to my only goal is to keep this going because I enjoy it
0: This has been the Chicagoverse United Audio Podcast, your Chicago scene salvation. You can find past episodes of the Chicagoverse United Audio Podcast at chicagoverseunited.com and can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at dynastypodcast.tumblr.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty,
3: my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.